Yeah, okay. Thank you, Justin. Ah, right. Uh, just drawing out some things from Acts chapter 3 this morning. Um, it's the account of the cripple being healed at the temple. It's part of the immediate ongoing events following on from Pentecost. Uh, we're told that one day, now we don't know when it was, don't know how long after the day of Pentecost, it doesn't matter, knowing the working of the Holy Spirit and the way that he energizes God's people, it would have been immediate and it would have been continuous. But uh, one day, we are told, that's the only information we're given, Peter and John went up to the temple. And it was a regular occurrence. The people of God would meet in the temple, as well as meeting at each other's houses, as well as breaking bread together. They would gather together in the temple, and they would gather for prayer. What's the purpose of gathering for prayer? Well, First of all, there's a praise element and a thanksgiving element to prayer. And uh, I, I, I think what we need to understand in this day and age is there is a need for us to remember the praise and the thanksgiving part in our prayer lives. Because if we don't, we are running ourselves dangerously short of the presence and the power of God. Because if there is one thing that God desires is our praise and our thanksgiving. So they would gather for prayer, for praise, for thanksgiving, for fellowship, and they would gather for teaching. Jesus has gone. He's, he's gone back to his Father. He's exalted to the right hand of God. And of course, you know, as God's people, when he was exalted, when he went to be with his Father, we were also seated with him. Okay? So we have got, we have got this place from which we minister. Let me tell you something. You're seated at the right hand of the Father with Jesus. Therefore, in your daily lives, whatever you do, whether you're praying, whether you're ministering, whether you're, you're witnessing to somebody, you're doing it from that position. Therefore, in your heart and life, pouring into your heart and life, is the immediate presence of the Holy Spirit coming into you, energizing, enabling, and equipping you to meet the task that is before you. You know, uh, we, we, we've heard from Owen this morning about uh, possibly some people shying back from taking that major step forward. Uh, a lot of people do it out of fear. And how many times have we read in the Word of God, do not fear or fear not. I'll tell you how many times, 365 times in Scripture. Fear not. One for every day in the year. And uh, God will not have any bother about you doubling up on one of them for the one in four years when we get an extra day. 365. There's no fear here this morning. There is faith, 
that is the Spirit of God, we do not have fear here in our midst this morning. And we are told in Acts chapter, in Acts chapter 3 that Peter and John, now remember, out of the two of them, Peter is the seasoned one. John is still a young man. He was a young man when God called, when Jesus called him uh, to the disciples to follow him. He's still relatively a young man. He's still learning. A lot of what he had in his life, apart from coming from Jesus, was from his brother James and from Peter. And Peter and John are walking to the temple. You can imagine two men of God just walking along talking in anticipation about what might happen. Uh, as I said before, we're not sure how long after the upper room. It doesn't matter. The fact is that these people were known. They, they had knowledge of the presence of God, and they had knowledge of walking continuously with him. And in my Bible, I've got a heading from the days when I didn't go know much. Okay? I've got a heading. The first miracle. No, it wasn't. You read back in Acts chapter 2, and you find that it's recorded there that 3,000 souls were one to the Lord. The greatest miracle of all is the miracle of salvation. The greatest miracle of all is the miracle where a life is changed where a life is energized, where a life is transformed, where a life is cleansed through the blood of Jesus. Whew. Also at the temple, there was a cripple. Now let's understand one or two things about these beggars. Uh, when they went to the temple, they had permission from the priests to, uh, they had permission to beg. And to indicate their right to beg, there was always a, a, a sort of cloak that they wore. On another occasion in Jesus' ministry, when Jesus, uh, when Jesus challenged the man, what do you want me to do for you? Immediately he threw his cloak off. That was the first thing. Getting rid of the thing that tied him down. Getting rid of the identification that was there. And there are many people trying to walk with God at the moment, but there are still identifications of what they used to be in their lives. In other words, the Holy Spirit needs to have more sway, more say, and, uh, and more energizing in their lives to totally transform them. What happened when you got saved? Well, the first thing that happened is you had a wash. You had a wash in the blood of the Lamb. But that same blood is with you today. That same mark is on your life. That same blood is part of the process that enables you to do what God wants you to do. Uh, and the beggars would sit at the gate. They had a right to be there. They were usually carried there. Or, or they were led there if they were blind beggars, and they would be put in a... Each person had his particular place, his allotted place, where he was permitted to sit and beg. And this man was sitting and he was begging. And when Peter and John came and they stood in front of him, 
he thought, right, my pocket's going to be full. I'm going to get some money here. This was, the, this, was, this was his vision. He had no other vision. He had no other knowledge. He was waiting for some uh, material, something material to come from these, from these two men into his hand to keep him going perhaps the rest of that day possibly during the following day, because it was the only means he had of, 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 of an income and getting uh, and keeping his life together. And Peter said, Peter, number one, the senior, if you like, you know, when you're working in ministry, if you know someone who has got... Uh, when you're working in ministry and you know someone has got an ability and they have a particular anointing, it doesn't matter. Look, as far as I am concerned, uh, title and position counts for nothing. Okay, there are pastors, there are people who know me, there are people uh, who, uh, who have worked with me for years and they call me Pastor Tony. That's fine. They still do it. But title and position doesn't matter. The important thing is, what's your relationship with God? What are, you allowing, what are you allowing God to do to people through you? And Peter and John, well, Peter says to this man, silver and gold have I none. Can you imagine that statement? when the only thing that this man could handle, was looking for, was silver and gold. Money, money. that's all he was looking for. And Peter, Peter said to him, we haven't got any. We haven't got any money. And uh, therefore, I'm sure that for a fleeting moment, that man's heart must have dropped. And then Peter said, but what we do have we give you. In the name of Jesus and Nazareth, rise up and walk. Now, immediately, here's the problem that the man had in his life. His problem was with his feet and his ankle bones, because we are told that his feet and ankle bones remade, regained strength. And immediately, immediately, he got up and he was running, he was dancing, and he kept hold of Peter and John for the rest of the time that they were in the temple. What was happening here? The Holy Spirit was active. He was active. He had, he had come upon the people to dwell in the people on the day of Pentecost. He, they, they, they had already known the, the truth of the Holy Spirit dwelling in them because of their salvation, but now you have the, the situation where they knew the Holy Spirit was endowing them, were back to the anointing, if you like, the clothing with the anointing, and with the anointing came fire, with the anointing came strength, with the anointing came ability, and with the anointing came boldness. If you read on in Acts chapter 4, we, we are told there that the people uh, interceded to Father that he would allow them to speak with boldness. Give us the strength, Lord, because they have been through early persecution. Some of them have been cast into prison. The threat was always there. Lord, 
Give us that boldness that we may be able to speak. Nobody can shut us up. Your word is eternal. Your word is life. Your word, your word is the very reason why we are here. We are here to win people for you. Come on, Lord, give us that boldness. And Peter boldly spoke to this man. He spoke life into him. He spoke, uh, he spoke health into him. He spoke strength into him in the name of Jesus. Listen, I put it to you this morning. We've already heard it from Owen. That the same thing that's happening here can happen in your life, in your community, wherever you are, wherever you live. Your elderly neighbor, neighbor living next door. Yes, there is healing available. There, there is power in the Word of God available for that lady, that old gent. It doesn't matter. The, the Word of God is powerful, and it's able to get into their lives. And once that Word is spoken, lives are changed. Uh, do you notice something? If we slip back into Acts chapter 2, um, we find that there was a unity amongst the believers that enabled this sort of thing to happen. You see, the Holy Spirit can't work where there is disunity. The Holy Spirit can't work where there is disagreement. Yeah, uh, we can disagree with our brother, our sister in a healthy way. But when the church gets bogged down by disagreement, when the church gets bogged down by people who refuse to walk together, Peter and John walked together. And John would have, was with Peter on this particular day. He could have been with his brother James the following day. He could have been with any of the other of the 12 uh, after. And from all of them, he was learning. He was learning from experienced men. He was learning from uh, men who, who had walked with Jesus, who had seen Jesus. Listen, these guys were there when Jesus turned to the, uh, when Jesus told the Pharisees, you're like your father, the devil. They had heard about this. They knew Jesus. They knew his words. They knew his life. They knew his spiritual vigor. They knew his identity as the Son of God. Don't worry about the task ahead. I said, don't worry about title or position. Don't worry about the task ahead. Uh, I, I remember talking to a seasoned pastor, uh, a lot older than me, who had a lot of experience on, in my life and in the life of, uh, of other people. I said, I watch you at the pulpit. I watch you declaring the word of God. There is a boldness about you. Are you ever nervous? Oh, yeah, he said, every time. Every time. How's it going to... Yeah, he said, my thoughts are, how's it going to turn out? Are people going to accept me? That's the dangerous one, he says. Be careful. So, fear does not have a place. Uh, they... There was a boldness in the way that they proclaimed the word. And also, everything they had, they shared. 
they shared their position, their possessions. Okay, uh, the, the, there were people who had need, needs were fulfilled immediately. Immediately the church found out about them. And of course we have it recorded where people sold uh, houses, lands, farms, whatever, and they brought the proceeds to the apostles' feet. We have the unfortunate incident of Ananias and Sapphira, but the Word of God multiplied. When the Word of God multiplies, the people of God multiply. The church grows. The church expands. We're in a situation today where we must get hold of the fact that we need to push harder to take back the ground from the enemy and bring ourselves expanding the kingdom. Look, whose task is it to expand the kingdom of God? It's our task. We have the authority in the name of Jesus. Peter and John had the authority to deal with this man's ailment and anybody else that they might have come across. Can you imagine the people who knew this guy? Uh, they had seen him day by day, sitting, begging, and suddenly he's running. Suddenly he's looking for a job. Suddenly he's got a purpose in his life. Can you imagine the people in the church? What's going on? Suddenly they're seeing a move of the Holy Spirit that some of them had never seen before. Because for some of them in the church, they would have been among those 3,000 who got saved. They would have been among the 3,000 miracles on the day of Pentecost. They'd never seen this happen before. But once they was, when the Holy Spirit came upon them, they saw something, they knew something, and therefore they got hold of the fact that, well, if this is the true life, if this is the life, the way that Jesus wants me to go, let's go for it. Let me ask you a question. Don't want to embarrass you here this morning. Let me ask you a question. How much excitement did you have when you were coming here this morning? Oh boy, the looks on your faces. How much excitement was there in your heart this morning? Not because us two were going to minister, but because God is going to be here. And God is here. The Holy Spirit is here. And he is active. And he's working on your life. And he's working on my life. Look, I've been around a few years. And uh, I've been around a few years. And I'm still learning. Do you know that there are things that the Word of God brings to us? There are things that the, that, that the teachers of the Lord will bring to us, but that process of learning does not stop until the last breath has left your body or until you're amongst those who are here when Jesus comes and woof, we're gone. In a moment, in a twinkling of an eye, and I don't know about you, but there are times when I say, Lord, bring it on. You know, Bernie's a regular visitor to our house. And she'll say, oh, this is happening. This is, Lord, just, just take us home, Lord. Just, just finish it all now. But it'll finish when God says it finishes. Okay, this is what we've got to get hold of. Uh, Peter and John, they're at the early, the early moments of 
what we would call Christianity, the early moments of the people of God. Somebody here makes good coffee, thank you. Uh, that at the early moments of that experience of Christianity, and of course, there are those outside the temple in the city who are wondering who these nutcases were. You know, what's going on here? Uh, and there are still people who will look at us and say, yeah, okay, just feel sorry for them. They're going to church. What a place to go on a lovely Sunday morning. Uh, I can remember talking to, talking to a man. I, I was pastor of a Baptist church in Leicestershire, talking to one of my members. And you know what it is when you're a pastor, you do everything you can to get to know your people. And uh, I, I was talking to this, uh, this guy, his name was Alan, and I said, uh, tell me a story, Alan. Okay, he said, how long have you got? I said, just tell me briefly how you got to where you are now. And he told me about the day he got saved. He told me about the first time he went to church since he was a lad. And he said, I'll be honest with you. He said, church to me was a nice a nice way of spending a few moments on a Sunday morning to kill time while you're waiting for your wife to cook your dinner. They were his words. And I said, what happened? He said, Jesus happened. And he said, the rest, my friend, is history. That's all I wanted to know. And uh, he and I developed quite a good friendship. But I got the same story from a lot of people. Some people, when they turned up the church before they were saved, they were disappointed in what they saw and what they heard. Where's this power the church talks about? Well, we've been talking about that power, and all of us, I know quite a few of you here, and those of you I know, know that you have experienced the power of God in your lives and you are still experiencing the power of God in your life. And that will continue until this life is over. As I said, whether Jesus comes or whether God says it's time for you to come home. Uh, Pam and I went to, we were in America, and uh, it was something we did. We went to the um, Florida Healing Revival. We went to see what God was doing, and we went to have a holiday as well. And we met up with this lady from this country, and we, we spent some time with her on a couple of days. And she come because she, had she been diagnosed with cancer then? Yes. And she, she come for healing. Well, we've kept contact with her, and now she's got to the stage where nothing has changed, Healing hasn't taken place. She's had enough. And she said to Pam uh, a few days ago, or whenever they were talking, I've had enough. I want to go home. I'm saying in my heart, God, take me home. Now, that lady's sincere. And God will have heard the sincerity of her prayer. Whether he will respond in the way that she's expecting or not, I don't know. Because that depends on whether she has finished her life that he has planned out for her. Oh, bless God. Listen, look. 
back at the record of the apostles and the early church leaders. And we come to a recurring problem in the church. Can I tell you something? Your pastor cannot do it all. Okay? He can't do it all. He and I can't do it all. He, uh, Owen, myself, Pam, and Jackie, we can't do it all. We sort of, between us, have some input into making sure that these, that these meetings run. But we, we can't do it all. It needs the people of God alongside us. So what are we here this morning? No, we're not leaders and people. We're people of God in the presence of God, waiting for God Yes, waiting for God to do something. Not in desperation, but eagerly expecting God to do something this morning. Eagle, that this man, uh, he was expecting something. He didn't know what he was expecting until he came face to face with Peter, until Peter spoke the words of life into him. Um, the last twice I've spoken here, I've been talk. I took two sessions on watch your words. You remember? Watch your words. Be careful what you say. And one of the things I encouraged you was, if you've got anything to say at all, make sure you speak words of life. If you cannot speak words of life, keep it shut. It's so easy to come out with the wrong word that will set somebody back who's very fragile, but set them back an age. Peter spoke words of life. John would affirm that, would have affirmed that because Peter and John would have worked together, even though John was the junior, um, he would have affirmed what Peter is saying. Whew. And the, the authority and power that was on Peter and John was not exclusive to them. That same power and authority is available to you and I today. In fact, if you are look, linked up with the Holy Spirit, if you are allowing him to run your life, then that power and authority is in you. All you have to do is use it. Okay? You have authority to use it. Jesus said to the disciples, I have given you authority over serpents, over scorpions, over goodness knows what else. Well, we've got no serpents or scorpions. If you look under your seat, just double check. I'm sure we haven't got any here this morning. But we do have a situations where all of us stand against principalities and powers. And we have authority to deal with them. We have authority to deal with the devil when he tries to interfere with our family, with our kids, with our parents, with the older members of our family. We have authority to deal with them. And uh, I, I, I walked into the room one day and I, I thought Pam had somebody in the room that she was dealing with. And, you know, Pam's a teacher. Teacher's voice Okay, you've got the idea. And she was going for it. 
and uh, I, I suddenly realized she was impressed. So I, I, I kept back in the kitchen, out of the way, and uh, I, I let her finish dealing with what she was doing. And, uh, and another one, this guy, th this lady here, um, she, yeah, let me tell you something. She might shake a few foundations when she, when she gets in the spirit and starts praying. And I said to Pam the other night, I said, I don't know what's the matter with me, but I seem to be losing my grip on praying. She said, not what I've been hearing, you haven't. And so I sat down and listened. And sometimes we can, we, we can, we can get hold of the idea that we're failing somewhat when really speaking, when other people come into our lives, they're seeing a totally different picture. Yeah, there are times we struggle. I'm quite sure that there were times when Peter and John just had to face up to the fact that, yeah, there are difficulties here. I mean, Peter ends up in prison in days. And uh, in fact, most of them ended up in prison on one occasion. And when the magistrates sent for them, they were gone. They were found in the marketplace preaching the gospel. The, jail, the, the, the jailhouse door was shut, locked, barred, and bolted. The sentries were on duty, but these guys were in the marketplace preaching the gospel. And when God releases you, what does he release you for? Preach the word. Get the word out. Even if you're dealing on a one-to-one -one with someone who's pretty heartbroken, there is a way of getting the word of life into their lives so that their life can suddenly be transformed. Um, at the moment, we're living in pretty peculiar days. I looked out the bedroom window this morning and it was throwing it down. Okay, fine. And I said, it's one of those days. <coughs> Pam said, what else do you see? I said, yep. I said, the darkness is there. It is as though we're living in an age where the devil is trying to push his agenda ahead of God's agenda. Now, who's God going to use to pull the devil back? Yours truly. Okay? All of us. Yep. All of us here and that great company of people who gather with us before the throne of grace on a regular basis to worship, to praise, to be taught to be uplifted through the Word of God, to allow the Word of God to have access into our lives. Yeah, dangerous days, unpleasant days. But we are sons and daughters of the King. Amen? Amen. Amen. Come on were sons and daughters of the king.
Jesus Christ, Lord of all, King of kings, Lord of all, you are his daughter, you are his son. And we walk. What's the word of that old song? It sounds a bit sentimental, but it's a reality. He walks with me, he talks with me, and he tells me I am his own. You're mine. You've been in that situation lately where possibly you've not felt the best, but Jesus says, you're mine. Yeah, he's your Lord. Let's understand something about the word Lord. It implies ownership. Lock, stock, and barrel. You are not your own, says Paul. You were bought with a price. Sons and daughters of the living God who were bought by the precious blood of Jesus, cleansed and made worthy to stand before the throne of grace, to be at the feet of Father, to sit there, to kneel there, to be prostrate on your feet, and uh, on your face, and, uh, and let him do what he needs to do with your life. That would have happened. What would have happened to Peter, John, and the rest of them? Regular sessions in Father's presence where nothing else matters. Okay? The source of power was the Holy Spirit. Whose name was proclaimed? Jesus. Jesus, Lord of all. Lord of my life. Lord of my house. Lord of my home. Lord of my family. Apart from uh, one or two between the two of us, yet we can say Lord of our family. We're going down to North Wales later, and uh, uh, we're going to see the house, another look at the house we're moving into, but also going to see the family. Uh, it, it's interesting. Where it, it's interesting the way that they responded when I had a break in hospital, and Dave said to Pam. I, I, I wasn't conscious at the time, but Dave said to Pam, that's it. I want you to living near us so that we can take, we can take care of you. We can keep an eye on you. Hold on a sec. Four kids, a dog, an allotment. I'll leave you, let, you, you work it out yourself. Neither of them are gardeners. But I'll tell you what, there is a, a sense of anticipation that is rising. And every time we come into the presence of God, there is a sense of anticipation. Don't let me overrun. Uh, there is a sense of anticipation that is rising in all of us at the thought of gathering together in God's presence together where we can share each other's blessings, where we can find out what God is doing in somebody else's life. Um, the last time I saw Gail, whew, 
couple of years ago, a few years ago. And uh, so it's, it's catch-up time. You know, yes, we speak on the phone, but generally speaking, it's catch-up time. And uh, we, we, lo we love this family. And, you know, the, the more, I, more time I spend, the more time we spend with God's people, the more we love God's people. Okay? By this shall all men know you are my disciples, that you have love one for another. Not a cheesy love that's flesh-based, but the love that comes right down, handed down from the heart of the Father because of the relationship that we have with him. And that relationship, as I've said, is ongoing, ongoing, ongoing. And it gets greater. It gets greater. Do you remember, do you remember that chorus we used to sing as kids? Uh, maybe it's too old for some of you, but uh, let's try it. Every day with Jesus is sweeter than the day before. Do you remember that one? No, no, no? oh boy. No. Have I got to be the oldest one here this morning? <laughs> Every day with Jesus is sweeter than the day before. Every day with Jesus, I love him more and more. Jesus saves and keeps me, and he's the one that I adore. Every day with Jesus is sweeter than the day before. I can't even ask my, my wife to play it on the keyboard. She doesn't know it. Okay, fine. But every day, every day, it's a growing. It's a growing. It's a growing. Remember when you were a kid, you had pains in your ankles, pains in your legs, and if you complained to your mother, she said, oh, don't worry, it's growing pains. Well, when my mother saw, told me that, I didn't want to grow up. Didn't, I'd had enough of them. And sometimes we get growing pains when we're dealing with Father. Correction, when Father's dealing with us. And uh, on more than one occasion, I've had Father say to me, I want a word with you. <laughs> okay, and he gently sits us down. He doesn't get hold of us and shake us. He just gently sits us down, and he deals with us. Okay? Jesus had to deal with the disciples. Yeah, and Jesus has to deal with pastors and leaders and people. Okay, got something out of that this morning? God bless you all. It's a joy to share fellowship with you and share the word of God with you. And uh, yeah, okay. Uh, if, if we disappeared at the end of the meeting, it's not because we want to get out of it quick. It's because we've, we've got an appointment to keep uh, in North Wales. And uh, don't worry, we'll keep that appointment. Pam's got a heavy right foot. Bless you. I think we're going to have a, a 